0: And he said one uh, command greater than all the others. Indeed he did, John 13:33. He said to his disciples shortly before he climbed the cross, he said, a new command I'm going to give you, that you love one another. By this will all those that you minister to in these next decades, by this will all men know you are my disciples if you love one another. As I have loved you, so ought also you to love one another. And when he's on that cross ten days later, out of his mouth comes these words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The Apostle Paul, 30 years later, echoes Jesus' words on that day, for he says in Romans thirteen nine, all the commandments can be summed up in one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to the neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I do not often preach on the week's pericope, but I do today. The sermon is entitled, Love Will Carry Someone Else's Burden." What are burdens? Every man, every woman, every teenager, every child has them. An old proverb says there is no home that will not sooner or later have its us. What are burdens? Many of the burdens that people carry we cannot see with the naked eye. If we knew what fierce battles some in this sanctuary are battling... If we knew what fierce battles, those listening online are battling. If we knew what fierce battles, our fellow doctors and nurses and teachers and comrades at work and riders of the metro train, if we knew what fierce battles they fought, there would be far more compassion and there would be far more kindness that we extend to them if we could see the battles that they fight. What are burdens? They're vastly different things for different people. What you say is a burden to you, I'll never mock. I'll not say, how can that be a burden? It's such a small thing. Because I have my own burdens. And I would ask that you not mock them. What are burdens? A burden is any weight that one must carry. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial relationships or health. It's a weight that any must bury. Bible has three words to say about our burdens. Word number one, Galatians six five, each man must carry his own burden. And then in Galatians six two, carry each other's burdens. And thus fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ that you love? Carry each other's burdens and extend God's love to others. And the third one, we like the best, from the Old Testament, Psalm 55, to cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Notice what it does not say. It doesn't say cast your burden upon the Lord and he'll remove it. Doesn't say cast your burden upon the Lord, you won't keep it anyway. It says cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. It won't matter at the end of the day whether he moves the storm or whether you keep the storm. The important thing that matters is your focus on him who will sustain you. However, he decides to answer your prayer. The first point, every man shall bear his own burden. Every human life, the burdens that we carry are non-transferable. Every human life is isolated and separated and segregated from every other human life to a great degree. God might wisely have said, looking at Adam, it's not good for man to be alone, and here comes Eve. But our lives are lived largely alone. You are born into the world alone, even if you're a twin or a triplet. And when you leave this earth, oh, there might be 20 people in the room around the hospice bed. When you leave this earth in the gracious hands of God, You leave this earth alone. And in the vast amount of time between when you're born and when you die, no matter how big your family was, no matter if 500 people worked at the job where you worked, no matter how huge your list of friends, you live this life largely alone. No man can perform your duty for you. Jesus said, to every man his work. He didn't say to every man a work or to every man some work. He said to every man his work. There is a program for you to carry out in this world. There is a path for you and you alone to walk. There is a life for you and you alone to live. Nobody can be the Good Samaritan to that individual that God has placed in your path on that day. No one else can be a good Samaritan to that individual. No one else can speak to the nurse that works with you on that who is going through a difficult time. No one else can teach that class with those students that God has appointed you to teach. Nobody can repent of sin for you. Not the priest, not the rabbi, nobody. And no one can believe in Jesus Christ for you. We are not saved by our parents' faith or our grandparents' faith. To every man, to every woman, his work. What does that mean for us? It means that nobody can get lost in the crowd. It means you can't hide behind an organization or behind other people. It also means that you cannot cast accusations for your burden on someone else. You can't blame your burden on someone else. I said three weeks ago there are two words that one should not speak. And those two words are, if only. If only I'd gone to college. If only I'd married Joe instead of Sam. If only I had taken that job. If only I'd gotten five more points on the law exam. If only. When you use those two words, your burdens are no longer upon yourself. You're casting blame on someone else. Your parents, your boss, God. The Christian's term is by God's grace. By God's grace, I have this job. By God's grace, I went to this college. By God's grace, this is the path he led me on. By God's grace, I have this storm. By God's grace, I have this storm. I visited a lady, a dear lady, one of our members on Thursday. And in the midst of our conversation, I asked her, How long has your husband been gone now? Like 12 years. And I said, Does it seem that way? She said, no, it seemed like yesterday. And then she said something to me. She said, I was in my mid-70s when my husband became ill. And Pastor, you know, I sat in church every Sunday for 60 years. When my husband became critically ill, there was a day I was praying to God for his healing God did not heal him, but God came to me on that day. On that day, God came to me, and I knew him for the first time in my life. And then she said something that gave me goosebumps. She said, all these years have gone by, and I still have him. She prayed for her husband's healing. He went to heaven. But God healed someone else in that relationship. He healed her. And all these years later, she still has him. Most of us, when we see burdens that others are carrying, want to stay away. We don't know what to say to them. We feel a bit awkward. It's a most neglected task, carrying each other's burdens. Christian is to do three things, reclaim, recover, restore. Reclaim, recover, restore. God gives you the strength when you're going through your own burden so that the time comes when you can help someone else with their burden. My wife, when our son Jonathan passed away, she was so steeped in grief for two years, as was I, far more years than that. But after two years, she said, I must help someone else. And that's when the grief support group started. In every session they have for the 10, 12 weeks they have, there are 18 to 20 to 25 people in that grief support group. You ask God to give you strength. And then Alcoholics Anonymous, and then Drugs Anonymous, and then the person in the English classroom with you at Oak Forest High School, and then the doctor who's with you at Christ Hospital. And then the teacher who's with you at Sandberg. You ask God to give you strength to bear your burden, and then you start looking for other people's burdens and you go to them. Galatians six, two carry each other's burdens. When I'm having a bad day, best thing for me is go to the hospital. Not for myself. But for someone else. When I'm having a bad day, get me away and get me to someone who needs a visit. Someone who's dealing with uh, illness terminal, someone who's just lost a loved one, someone who's coming out of surgery, one of our shut ins who can no longer come here. Give me to a visit or two or three. Because when I see someone else's burden, mine disappears. When you have a burden, you go over to your next door neighbor, bring him supper because his wife died six months ago. When you go over and help someone else with their burden, guess what happens to yours? Does it not disappear? I think one of the powerful reasons Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount and uh, in the parable of the sheep and the goats uh, and in the parable of the talents, I think the one reason that Jesus spoke so much about entering into other people's lives with love and power and the gospel is because he knew how healthy it'd be for you. 50% of the time when I exercise, I don't want to. But 100% of the time when I do I feel better 80% of the time I don't really want to go to the hospital I don't want to see the suffering I don't want to see the person who's going through that pain but 100% of the time when I do I feel better Do you not do the same when you are helping someone else, be it by blood or be it by friendship or be it a total stranger? Do you not remember that episode and does not your own burden disappear? There are five words spoken about Jesus. It says this, He went about doing good. Listen carefully as Pastor Schauer read Luke chapter 4. It's one thing after another. He's casting out demons. The demons know who he is. Simon Peter's mother-in-law is ill. Takes care of that one. The sick and the demon-possessed come to him. He cures them all. One after another in the verses that were read. It's Jesus doing good. And he asks the same of us. You carry your own burden. But when someone else has a burden, do you throw stones at them? No. Do you gossip about them behind their back? No. Do you criticize them? No. Do you judge them? No. It says go to them in a spirit of meekness and humility and help to lift that burden. Final word, Psalm fifty five twenty two. Our great David, how many psalms, 70% of the psalms, he starts out as dark as a dreary day. My enemies are against me, I'm not feeling well, you know, they're inside the court and they're after me and Absalom's after me and the Philistines are after me and I don't know what to do. But 100% of the time when he finishes a psalm, he's lifted his hands up to God Cast your burden upon the Lord, the same uh, Greek verb that is used, Mark chapter 4, the sower casting out seed. Same uh, verb, uh, fishermen casting out their nets. Cast your burdens up to Him. How do you do it, prayer? You do it through prayer, you do it through meditation. You cast your burdens up to Him like seeds. And it says this, he will sustain you. He will sustain you. Never really caught my attention to this past week. He will sustain you. But God, I want you to sustain me. I want you to get rid of the cancer. God, I want you to sustain me. I want you to put our marriage back together. God, I don't want you to sustain me. I want my child no longer addicted to heroin. Cast your burden up to him and he'll sustain you. Sometimes the storm will go away. And when it does, you'll thank God and remember it forever. Sometimes the storm stays The dear lady I just mentioned, the storm stayed, it got worse, her husband died. But God sustained her out of her lips 12 years later, those words. That day when I prayed, I felt God, I saw God, I knew God like I had never known Him before. You see what happened? She cast the burden up to God to heal my husband. And what God did was he healed her. And 12 years later for her to say, and he's with me still. You cast your burden up to him. And you use Jesus' phrase, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but thine be done closing word my father always used to say about anything and everything Paul you gotta remember to end your prayers if it's God's will and when Jonathan became so sick he said Paul even in the midst of this you have to end your prayers if it's your will heal him for Connie and I, as I've said many times, it was like for the dear lady I saw. God came alive for us. He healed Jonathan by taking him to heaven. But he healed Paul and Connie and Joshua in a most miraculous way. Cast your burdens up to him. Leave them up there with him. Walk away, Matthew 11:28. He will be your peace, and he will sustain you in our Savior's name. Amen. Would you rise for a moment as we pray? Love is patient, love is kind. It will not envy anyone else. Because it loves when someone else does well. It does not boast. It is not proud. Because love never looks at itself. It looks at others. Love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Because love forgives all the time. It keeps no record of wrongs. Because it forgives all the time. Love does not delight in evil things. Discord, hatred, anger, jealousy, slander... But love rejoices with the truth. It will always protect. It will always trust. It will always hope. It will always persevere. Lord, continue to help us grow in our knowledge of you. And as that knowledge grows, so will this most important command you have ever given. Love one another. In our Savior's name. Amen.